0: All right. So what a day, right? Right What a night, actually. Um, So it's the night after um, Hurricane... What is that? Hurricane Um, Nicholas passed through um, Houston, actually. It went straight to Houston. Um, So it's the day after. And uh, I'm just glad that things did not... It could have been a lot worse. Um, It could definitely have been... A lot worse. Um, And even then, I'm not 100% sure that it's done yet, just because um, I'm still a little worried or or nervous. Because um, some of the tracks after the hurricane came through, um, some of the tracks had the storm kind of doing a bit of a horseshoe or like a circle and then coming back around uh to like that part of texas again and which would include houston um which would be worrisome because if it came back it would be a depression or tropical depression. And you don't really want to deal with tropical depressions, uh, because people always think that it's the hurricane part with the wind and that's the worst part of it. Not necessarily because with a hurricane, when it moves through, um, when it moves on shore, it starts to weaken. And even though there's going to be a lot of, uh, wind and a lot of, um, uh, Damaged because of the wind um, The flooding tends to be even worse um, So if you're Dealing with like a severe flooding situation That's not something you Wouldn't want to do <clears throat> because um, That's like I mean it's that's it it's not over When the storm stops Like so you have To deal with the cleanup and you have to deal with All of that water and it's I mean it, Depending on if you get water coming Into your home then it's just a complete Nightmare so um, it's It's a good thing that there wasn't as much flooding in the area as there could have been. Um, there's definitely was, uh, there, there was, um, destruction for sure. Just because if you look at the pictures and if you check out all the, the, uh, reports, you can see how much damage there is from just the wind. And it was like tropical storm category one hurricane winds. So with that much, um, damage, I could just imagine if it were like a two or a three and I've been through it I think, uh, what was it? Um, Ike, I was, I went through Ike, um, and that was no fun. Um, I wasn't in town for, what was it? It was another storm right after that. I don't remember what storm that was, but, um, It definitely wasn't. Oh, Harvey, it was Harvey. So I wasn't in town for Harvey, but I definitely was in town for Ike. And I remember Ike and Ike was definitely a scary storm. And then the day after the storm, my sister and I and, um, her partner at the time, we went out walking around the neighborhood, just like taking a look at all the damage and the flooding. And it was insane. It was like absolutely ridiculous. Um, So I'm just glad that it wasn't as bad as it could have been. But again, I'm still a little worried just because um, some of the, some of the graphs have the storm kind of doing some weird, like horseshoe loop coming back around. Um, But as of right now, everybody's anticipating that it's going to continue to move off into Louisiana, which Louisiana is getting hit really hard um, just because they just went through Ida. And now that they're, trying to you know restore services and they're 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 still recovering from that i mean that only happened what like a couple weeks ago and now they have to deal with all of this immense amount of flooding and wind from nicholas so that's not going to be fun but um coming back to the topic for this episode um because i wanted to talk about prophecy and dreams and how we are able to access and to um, connect with a higher consciousness and a higher awareness. Um, and that will allow us to receive information through our dreams. Um, you can call them prophetic dreams. Um, I prefer I prefer to call them prophetic dreams just because um, usually when I'm working and I'm tuning into something, whether I'm tuning into a client situation or I'm tuning into something going on in the world, that all is, is not, it's not hard for me. It's not hard for me to, um, do, you know, it's, it's just more like, I, I think of it this way. I think of it as kind of like a math problem. So whenever I'm doing like a reading for someone and I'm tuning into a part of their life or I'm tuning into a specific situation, um, as soon as I tune in, I start to pick up on elements and details now, it's not a whole complete picture, it's just bits and pieces, but as soon as I pick up on any detail, any elements, I immediately, the the, the puzzle, the, the mechanism in my brain that wants to turn a puzzle into something begins to function, begins to work. So my brain starts to take all of those pieces and starts to understand and figure out what they mean, and that's where I come to make some assumptions and then I make my best guess, which is a prediction. Um, And that's based on just the elements and the pieces that I've sensed with dreams. It's a little bit of a different experience um, just because with tuning in when I'm like, conscious and I'm awake and I'm talking to a person, um, I'm actively engaged in the process of trying to tune in and pick up on elements and details. So I'm forcing myself or pushing myself to tune into aspects of the situation. With a prophetic dream, you're not really picking and choosing what you're going to tune into, or you're not picking up on details that are rooted in a reality you're picking up on details that are representing a reality and that's where it gets a little tricky Um, and i've I've noticed this over a few years now doing this Um, and you know prophetic dreams haven't really been uh something that i experienced a lot of when i was younger i mean when i was a kid i didn't really have a lot of dreams of events happening and things going on in the world but as I've gotten older, and especially in the last two or three years, it's, it's just kicked up a notch. Um, and especially after I moved out here. Um, and I remember the first prophetic dream that I had was, I believe it was a dream about the Las Vegas shooting. And that was an interesting dream. And I, after I woke up the next day, And I always know when it's a prophetic dream, because if I wake up the next morning and I remember all the details and I have this overwhelming feeling that I need to share this with people or I need to tell people about this, um, at that point, there's a calling, there's a summoning within you that you have to rise to. And if you're tuning in and picking up on information like this, details, all of that stuff, then it's important to share that with people who may not have the ability or have that same information. Um, But for me, when I first started doing prophetic dreams or when I started having prophetic dreams, it started off with the uh, Las Vegas shooting a few years ago. And then um, in March of 20, what was it? 2017, I believe Um, I had a 2017 or 2018. I had another dream. Yeah. 2018. I had another dream. Um, And that dream started to have, it had more of a political, I guess you can say over um, theme because it included a lot of politics and a lot of uh, occurrences and elements that were connected to what we were experiencing as a people in the U.S. So it was a lot of it was a combination of a lot of different things that were coming together that were very indicative of what's what was going to come or what was going to happen when we got closer to the election in 2020. So that was the second really significant dream I had. And then after that, I had another dream about llamas (laughs) and llamas becoming, actually it was a llama dream first and then it was the political dream. Um, The llama dream came first. And that was an odd dream just to have out of nowhere. It was these two llamas that had gotten loose. And then I was also seeing a scene um, of this car kind of rolling over with these two two little boys uh, dying in the back of the seat of the car. And then I was in the dream, I was like peering out of this, I guess you can call it like a mini mansion. And it was this property, it's a beautiful property, but I was looking out the window and seeing the car and seeing the llamas. And so this past, yeah, this, this, uh, this year, early this year in January, when the whole like, you know, uh, inauguration was supposed to happen and there was going to be the transition of power, all of that stuff. Um, as we got closer to it, right before it happened, I think a week or two before it happened, there was some stories in the news about llamas getting loose some uh, up, up in the northeast somewhere. And simultaneously, there was also another story about a woman um, in a white vehicle, which is the vehicle that was in my dream, who um, killed, who accidentally killed um, these two boys, and in in this white vehicle and it was starting to make headlines as well so there's these different elements that were coming up um that were a part of that dream and that happened about a week or two before the uh political dream came up and that one came two weeks later so i found myself having these interesting series of dreams where if i don't know when something's going to happen and i don't have a time frame or a timeline it's it's turning out that whenever i'm going to be given a prophetic dream i'm sometimes given just a point of reference dream which means it's a dream around the time where the prophetic event is going to happen um, and usually it's a small event and then a larger event so there's a smarter event that precedes a larger event and with the smart smaller event it is it's more like it's more simplistic or more basic details that don't have as much of an impact on a lot of people it's usually something that's a little more um, specific to just a small group of people or a, a, a uh, some events of some sort. Um, but I've noticed that that whenever I have a prophetic dream now of a big event that's coming our way or it's coming and it's going to be affecting a certain amount of people or a group a large group of people I usually have a smaller dream right before. And it's a smaller dream or dream that is indicating or giving details and time frame. So when that llama dream showed up, as soon as that showed up, I was like, "Mm, looks like my other dream might be showing up then because I remember having that dream right before the political one. And sure enough, um, within a couple of weeks that happened. So now I'm like, okay, and. So with this latest dream, and I'll kind of walk you through the process, because it's not an easy thing to grasp. Um, One of the things that I've learned over many, many years is that the the language of the soul or the language of um, energy is very symbolic in nature. That means that everything is pretty much represented by symbolism. And I've learned this also through my mediumship work. Because with my mediumship work, what's happened with that is whenever I communicate with a spirit, they have to essentially pluck a idea or a thought or memory within my mind that is going to associate or or relate to their message or their information. So they they pull at anything in my brain that's going to help them to kind of, you know, get me to understand where they're going with something or what they're trying to say. And it's usually very symbolic. I mean, they're very good at communicating through symbology. And it, you would hope that, you know, we could just speak English or we could just speak a language at all, or we could, you know, sign language, anything that would be more obvious, easy, more precise form of communication. But I, this is something that I keep encountering where the the language of soul, the language of, of uh, energy is and the language of consciousness is all symbolism. And so symbology is super important. And I've found this, and interestingly enough, and it's interesting that this is also, I'm talking about this, because something that I've also learned a lot of this year is that a lot of the ancient cultures and um, civilizations, especially like during the first century AD and... um, when the Library of Alexandria was around, and, and four hundred, uh, what was it? It was two. Uh, yeah, it was it was around that, that time as well. But, um, the communication, the the writings and the ancient texts were very much coded. They were codified with symbology. So when you read scripture or when you read text you could take it very literally but it's not designed to be taken literally it's designed to be absorbed and understood in in levels and it really depends on the person reading the information or, or discovering the information because if you have no background in any of that material, if you haven't done any study, if you have no point of reference for the time frames when these materi- when these texts were written, as soon as you read it, you're gonna take it very literally and you're gonna associate that and and, and relate it to the now, the time now. And some of these materials, some of these uh, some of this. Information was written years and years and years ago when things were different. Um, a century, two centuries ago, things were different. So now we have all of these this wonderful these uh, books and documents and ancient texts that were left behind um, that we've been able to get a hold of. And it's all codified. A lot of it is codified. And if you read it, you will see the symbolism, you will catch some of the symbology that's already been imbued in it or or starting to be integrated in it. And at that time, people who were philosophers, people who were part of the uh, church, um, the temple, the temple in in Jerusalem, they, it was kind of, frightening to share your theories or your ideas or your beliefs just because at that time Christianity was becoming the norm it was becoming the trend and it was very similar um, at that time Christianity had a very similar cult-like feeling as like the QAnoners um, and so when you think of like the QAnoners and like they've got a very much of like a cult-like feeling the Christian community at that time in the first and second century uh, CE they had very much of a similar following, a similar type of organization, um, where people were very much willing to like, you know, if you're, if you go against me or if you, uh, try to fight me, I'm going to destroy you. Um, if I don't agree with you, I'm going to destroy you. If I'm going, if, if, uh, you're not going to benefit me, I'm going to destroy you. I mean, it it was this constant, like, um, there was a lot of anger and, and also, you know, Christianity was becoming a mainstream religion. So it was more acceptable at that time for people to act out of their pr- perspective and belief. And so you would have people like Hypatia. If you haven't seen the movie Agori, you should check it out. It's a really good movie. Um, but it's about a woman who is a philosopher. And she actually um, may have been the first human to realize that the earth was in an elliptic, meaning that we didn't go like in a complete perfect circle around the sun. Um, We actually went in an an elliptic. It's kind of like an oval uh, shape. And that was something, you know, brand new that we didn't know about then. And so that was kind of like a form of scientific discovery for her. Um, But she was, and, and this was in Alexandria where there was the great library of Alexandria, which existed for like, gosh, what was it? Like 1,500 1500 years, but I think it was like 700. It was like a world power and a world-renowned place. It was like the Mecca. Um, When people think of going to a a university or going to a school, you know, people automatically assume, oh, I'm going to go to Yale or I'm going to go to Harvard or I'm going to go to Boston or New York or Columbia or, you know, so they think of these places that are associated with these opportunities. And that's what Alexandria was during the first century CE, it was this Mecca, this cultural Mecca where people would come from all over that region of the world um, and in different continents, and they would come and study there and participate in lectures and participate in, in, in the work that was being done there. So it's, it's really fascinating. Um, I'm totally got off the subject. I do not even know where I was going with this, but anyways, so everything's codified. And back then, it, when the Christians came into power and they began burning all of the books and they burnt down all of the, you know, scrolls and all of, I mean, these were like texts that were ancient, that gave us a huge clue into our history as humans. And, you know, the Christians at that time got, you know, crazy and they burnt down the damn thing um, and all the books and everything. They killed Hypatia. They ripped her uh, apart and then they threw her, then they burnt her remains apparently. So it's, it's a really crazy time to be alive, but you you had to codify things. You couldn't just go and speak about your thoughts, your ideas back then because you were at risk and you could be, you could be chastised, you could be hurt, you could be killed. Um, so people would codify their, knowledge within stories and they would slightly change stories or they would add more details that were more symbolic in nature because there was more information they were trying to reveal or to express but they couldn't do it in, in standard or in traditional ways so that's that whole process so whenever I say that the the language of the soul, the language of the our consciousness is symbology is because this has been something we have done since the beginning of time. You know, we communicate through symbols, through representation of symbols and the references to symbols. So when you're having a prophetic dream, yeah, sometimes people are gonna have, some people might have a very, um, specific and and 100 like 100% everything is exactly playing out in their dream as if it were playing in real life so they're pretty much just seeing what's going to happen in reality in their dream there's no dis- there's no difference there's no symbology there's no like you know change to the reality of that experience it's exactly how it's going to play out um, then there are prophetic dreams that are more symbolic in nature and those are really interesting because they have so they usually pack a lot of information and you have to decipher and figure them out. Um, here's, here's a couple of, and this is going back to hurricane, um, Nicholas, uh, because I had had dreams about a coming storm. And the first dream I had was back in October of last year, October 5th, 2020. And, you know, I'll read the dream to you. And then I'll kind of break it down here. So the dream was, um, I was walking through a mall with lots of stores reminded me of the old malls in Houston and the park shops in downtown. There were tons of people everywhere shopping and eating. There were, um, there were movie theaters and a NASA exhibit. Most people were not wearing masks. I was freaking out a bit because I wasn't wearing my mask right. And my nose wasn't fully covered. Some of my Houston relatives were there, people were being exposed to COVID-19, and they weren't doing much to prevent infection and just trying to act as if everything were normal. I left and drove through old Houston neighborhoods, which would be on the east side. Um, When I got to my side of town where my old house was, I kept trying to plan for where to park my truck. I knew the streets would be getting flooded and I wanted to make sure my truck would be parked up high and on the second or third level of a parking garage to avoid it being damaged. So that was the dream back in uh, October of 2020. So it's a pretty clear dream. And I remember, you know, I was walking in that mall in the dream and people were just like, it was a very busy mall and people were not wearing the masks and they were acting as if COVID was over with and there was nothing to worry about. And I was freaking out and panicking because I knew better. I was like, no, it's not over. It's not gone. And on top of that, like not wearing masks, like what the hell? So I was, um, I was definitely not, um, comfortable in that dream and i remember at one point i walked over to the nasa exhibit or to that to the nasa space Just call it the nasa space and i was sitting down in some chairs and there was other people sitting down as well there was a woman sitting down in one of the chairs next to me and the stools next to me and i just scooted over because i didn't want to be that close to her because i was like oh no she's not wearing her mask and i'm not i'm not going to be sitting next to her but it was set up as if it were like a viewing party and you know whenever like a rocket lifts off or a space shuttle lifts off they have that that area where all of the, um, all of the individuals who are assisting with the liftoff, who are assisting with all of the different processes that they have to undertake. um, it was set up like that where there was a big screen on, on the wall, and then there was a bunch of chairs and areas to sit. And so that's what it looked like. So it looked like there was going to be a liftoff. So fast forward to this year, and then I had another dream, um, and the second dream. Um, let's see, go to get, let's get to that one because I wanna I wanna kind of go to that one real quick. Here we go. Um, the second dream was in August of this year, August twenty first, um, and I wrote down prophetic dream, epic Houston storm. In this dream, it was dark outside and seemed like nighttime. We still lived in our former Houston house. The house was the same, but also felt somewhat different as if it were two stories and we were on the second floor. It had been raining and there was a raging storm outside. This was a storm unlike anything we had ever experienced in Houston before. During this part of the dream, it seemed as if the rain had stopped momentarily, but there was more on the way like being in the eye of a hurricane. Usually whenever there have been storms and hurricanes, our old street would flood and the highest the water came up was to our second or third uh, front step. So the steps at the front walk away. Um, There's like, a, I think it was like four steps. And so the highest the water ever came up to was like the second step. During the storm, the water had Come up all the way to the to our front door, and there were some leaks coming through. There was also leaking from the roof. It felt like a surge of water, and we were becoming worried as it, as this had never happened before, and we weren't sure what to do. There didn't seem to be an end in sight, and we had the impression that it was going to continue to come. I felt awful because of all the hard work we had done in maintaining the property throughout the years, and the original floors seemed like they were going to start to buckle. We were considering our next steps if the water managed to make it into the house. When I looked out of the windows and out our back deck, we could see that our neighbors were our neighborhood was already underwater and many of the houses had water up to the roofs. Then I woke up. So then I, so that was in August of 28. So that was just a few weeks ago, very short few weeks ago. <clears throat> so that was that dream. And then I think like the next week after that, I had another dream. And this one was, yeah, I had another dream. And this one was in, um, the twenty. 20- yeah, because the, the last one was what? The last one was the 21st. So the second one, I think, was on the 26th or the 25th. So it was just a few days a few days after that. Um, and then this stream, it was a bit of a different scenario. It says, in this stream, it was uh, Rini, which is my sister. Rini, my mom, and I were, were walking out of a house we were living in. It had rained, and I had some things to do. Rini and mom were tagging along. Mom was wearing sandals, and I was trying to see if she needed to wear tennis shoes because 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 there was still water collected in places and I didn't want her to have to walk in her sandals and get wet or hurt by floating debris. I needed to get my cell phone from the house and it was starting to rain. They were huddled by the front door of the house, waiting for me to unlock the door so they wouldn't get wet. A storm was gathering around us. I was gonna grab my phone so we could leave to get in my truck. In that moment, there was a clearing in the sky. A Poseidon-like merman, which almost looked like it had a Chinese dragon's tail, appeared out of the clouds in 3D sections. as if it were descending down to us. It had a trident and three-pointed crown on its head. And then that was, uh, I wasn't sure if it was a man or a Chinese dragon forming in perfectly shaped cross sections. It was absolutely beautiful and we were in complete awe as to what was happening. Rini was excited for what we were seeing and was telling me to hurry up and get a picture. It was obvious that it wasn't natural and looked like it was looking down on us in recognition and appeared in this clearing of the blue sky. It was separated in sections made of the clouds, which was part of the intrigue. I wanted to capture a picture, And video because no one was going to believe how beautiful and perfect this formation was, and it felt supernatural. As I looked down and struggled to get my phone out, when I looked back, it had dissipated, and then the rain came. We ran to my truck, and I woke up, and then that was it for that one. So, and and in with the different dreams, you know, they can mean different different things. You know, the dream that I had uh, last year. When I had that dream about the Houston flood, I mean, it had several elements in there. It had a COVID surge, people acting like COVID didn't exist and people not wearing masks, which we, we are in now. We we've been in that for the last month. Um, and then, and, and, and The second part of that was the NASA liftoff or the liftoff event. And then the third part of that was a storm or potential flood. And so when um, Ida hit or when Ida started showing up and going towards um, Louisiana, all the pieces were there. So we had the COVID, uh, the COVID surge, which was happening um, and was happening when Ida hit. And then we also had the liftoff, the NASA liftoff. Well, the, day that I had a hit, um, there was just all the pieces there. So we had the liftoff of the dragon, <laughs> the ship was, it's a dragon. So it was Tesla's ship. So it's the dragon, uh, capsule. And then we had the COVID surge. And then we also had the storm. So, or the potential for flooding and the fear of it coming to Houston, which people were freaking out about that. So that happened all in one. And so when I was going back over all of this, and this was before um, Nicholas was in the scene. So for me, when I was seeing the hurricane Ida and it was building up and it was you know, becoming a monstrous storm, I started putting all the pieces together and seeing all of the um, coincidences between the various dreams. Because those are three dreams, right? There was one from last year and then the two from this year. Um, and the one from last year, connected with the poseidon dream because for people who don't know poseidon is also the god of the ocean and is the god of like hurricanes um and earthquakes and so that was that was what um was going on the hurricane and then the dragon's tail of course the dragon left off you know so all of those pieces were there it was really interesting because i was like I it, it almost felt like I was in a twilight zone because, you know, I think that I figure things out or I, you know, put connect the dots or connect the pieces sometimes. Uh, for the most part, I'm able to do that pretty well. But when it comes to dreams, there's so many like additional elements and like layers of information that it's not always the easiest thing to figure out. And so when All of these things started to show up, I started seeing all the pieces pop up and that's how I knew, okay, we're getting close or this is coming up because this is now, you know, all these pieces are showing up. So that was, that happened, of course, and, you know, Louisiana got hit and they're recovering from that. And I thought that was it, right? I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I was wrong about my prophecy. I guess, you know, Houston isn't going to be affected and it's going to spare Houston, you know, but it's still in the area. So maybe I was just, maybe my psyche was trying to associate the proximity of the storm and where it was going to be at with, um, with the, 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 the proximity storm was going to like the lost my turn of thought. <laughs> um, maybe I, my, my psyche was trying to like push it all together. And so in order for me to understand where it was going or what it was going to mean, um, I needed to emphasize some things and emphasizing the fact that Houston would get hit or Houston would have some sort of response or, or reaction. Maybe that's what that was about. So that's pretty much what, um, I was under the impression of with, with, uh, Ida I was like okay that's it that was all my dreams that was the dream from last year and then the two dreams from from August and then lo and behold um we have you know another storm show up in the Gulf and when the second storm hit when the second storm showed up in the Gulf when I started seeing because I was starting to sometimes right before there's going to be a big event or something that I've prophesies is gonna to come to fruition, I start feeling this nagging need to look at the news and look for what I've seen. Um, and so I'll check the news, okay, there's nothing there, okay, there's nothing there, okay, there's nothing there. And then when I first saw the depression forming in the Gulf where Tropical Storm, uh, well, well, Hurricane Nicholas was at, I immediately, I was like, okay, this might be it. This might be what I was seeing. And, and I was like, no, but you know, I thought that everything was with Ida. So then once the storm started to build and it was turning into something that was going to go directly towards Houston, I was like, okay, this has to be one, this has to be one of the dreams because it's, there's too many elements. There's too many components about it, you know, that it was going to be a very, a a big storm that was going to cause a lot of flooding. Um, It was being very erratic. It wasn't making a lot of sense. It felt like more tropical and less like hurricane to me in the dream. And so what I immediately started to realize is that my Poseidon dream and also the dream from last year while I was in Houston and the NASA thing, that all had to do with ida so i think what was going on is i was having an experience last year where i jumped into the future had a snapshot of a moment in time and my consciousness pulled on uh, identifiable elements and then incorporated them into my dream which was the dragon liftoff and then also the poseidon um god in the storm and then also the idea of like uh, the the NASA and the, um, what is it called? My sister, um, the clouds, the storm, all of that stuff. Like all of that was just like present. Oh, the, 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 um, COVID search. That's what I was trying to say. So all of that. So I assumed, okay, last year I must've had a dream about the whole Ida thing. And then once we actually fast forwarded in time and we got close to the timing of when all this was going to happen, I had my dream about the Poseidon dream. So that's what I believe. The other dream, I believe, had to do with this storm with Hurricane um, Nicholas, Um, which is why, again, I'm still kind of concerned and a little worried that it might do something funny and like come back just because um, some of the models, I was looking at some of the models and they do have it doing some funny business. (laughs) I was like, okay, how many, you know, and it's not just one, it's like several models were indicating that you know, it wasn't going to completely get out of Texas and go all the way, you know, across the U S that it might start to kind of stall and then move back around towards the Texas area and Houston, et cetera, which if it did that, it would be a tropical storm it would, or a depression. And at that point, it would definitely be a lot of rain. So that's why I'm, I still have a little bit of uh, anxiety and fear around that, but yeah, that's, I believe that's what the dream was about. And so even last night, I stayed up last night. I didn't even go to sleep last night. I haven't slept yet. So I stayed up last night just paying attention to the storm, paying attention to what was going on in Houston, um, checking with family. You know, this morning I woke up, and I woke up, but I reached out early gave people a chance to wake up and you know how are you doing how is everything there and for the most part everybody seems to be doing okay there's some like i said there is some damage and some powers out in a lot of places and also there was some flooding in, in some key areas but that's it so i'm thinking and and i've also noticed that whenever i have a prophetic dream it doesn't always mean that Whatever I dreamt is going to show up exactly as I dreamt it. What ends up happening is if something is becoming a issue of concern for people, if something is being discussed on the news, um, if there's a lot of attention being brought to something, it will show up in my dream. As if it were a relevant happening. So even if it were just like a concern or a fear or worry, it will still show up in my dream as if it were really, as if it were going to happen. So that's that's I'm becoming a lot more um, comfortable. I actually really enjoy the prophetic dreams just because it's something that you know I don't go looking for it. I don't go to sleep and say, "Hey, show me something. I want to see something." I just allow myself to be open and receptive and I, you know, ask God or the universe if if you giving me a dream or you showing me something, it can benefit other people or can help other people, I will dream it. I will have it. Um I will take it. And that's it. You know, that's 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 what it's about. But that's the that's the that's the process of prophecy, especially with dream. And you can't take it so literally sometimes. Sometimes you have to understand the symbolism. And that's something that I'm still to this day, trying to fully grasp and understand, just because I'm so used to just talking and seeing things in my mind as if it were going to happen, or, or seeing elements and details in my mind that are exact, I'm not used to communicating in the process through like symbology. Um, now, granted, I do that with spirits and with mediumship, but it's not the same thing as a prophetic dream to some extent, even though it may use similar mechanisms. But it's just just different. Um, and so I have to, when I have a dream, I have to write it down, I have to share it, and then I have to break it down into its elements and components and then try to figure out what they all mean. And that's, that's how I've been, um, that's what I've been doing. So um, in the next few weeks or months, I want to start sharing a lot more of the, the, prophetic dreams that I had that came true or that happened, what happened afterwards. Even if it didn't happen exactly the way that I dreamt it, still doesn't matter. Like for me, it's not about being hundred percent right and accurate every single time. It's about understanding and sharing the experience and giving people a chance to understand that process within themselves. So for me, sharing how I dreamt something, how I interpreted it, what I was doing to make sense of it, that might help other people to understand their own dreams and to be aware whenever they are having a prophetic dream. Um, I had a, right before the storm hit, which is crazy, um, kind of erratic, but, uh, one of my, one of my, actually two things, one of my students, um, she had an incredible dream, very similar, uh, to a storm and, you know, Boats sinking and everything, although I think in this case, you know, that was all representative of like a COVID um, mix. So it was like a mix of COVID and how it was going to be, you know, straining the system because she worked for a hospital, but then also the dream of the storm coming and people not thinking it was going to be that bad or not thinking it was going to be a, a, a big deal, which is another reason why I'm like, okay, other people are dreaming of a epic storm. So I dreamt of this flooding storm event and it, there was no significant flooding, but there was damage. There was wind stuff, but it wasn't like what I would have expected. And then my student um, a few months ago had a storm dream as well. And back then I thought that that had to do with COVID, which I, th- I still think it does. But then there's also those elements of the storm in it as well. And then I had a client who, um, because something that tends to happen is whenever people have a session by me or they start to kind of just pay attention to what I do, they start to develop their own psychic abilities or, or have more psychic phenomena happen. That's just because they are open and receptive and they're willing to, to consider that this is real. And so they open themselves up to more experiences. And this client, she um, had a dream um, last week where she was at the front door of her house and the water came up to the front door, same as my dream. And she was freaking out in the dream because she was, you know, the water never came up that high. And even when it's flooded um, in Houston, it's never come up that high. So when she saw my dream, and she kind of got worried because she was like, oh, my gosh, like this is the same dream pretty much. And she even told her husband about it. Um, she asked me, like, what should I do? I'm like, I don't know. But I mean, if I had the means to leave Houston, I would just get the hell out just because I don't want to deal with the drama of like flood and like water everywhere and then being uncomfortable in those showers. And it's hot. And after the you know hurricane hits, it's going to be hot as hell because every time a hurricane hits, it's as hot as hell. But, yeah, so that was another dream I had. So. Several dreams, several instances, and not just mine, but also other people as well. And that tends to be the case. Whenever something big is coming, people will tend to pick up on it and have experiences beforehand. Um, So again, I'm still thinking that it's possible something else is going to be going on with the storm or with the moisture from the storm, um, and it may just stall out or not um, move forward, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. If, if, if nothing happens and it moves on and it's out good, I'm fine with that. I don't really want to deal with, you know, the, the anxiety and the worry of having to, to worry about my mom, how is she, where is she at, where she's going on, my sister, um, my partner's family. I mean, it's just its a lot. It's a lot of bullshit to have to deal with. And I just don't really wanna to have to, you know, cope with all of that. And then on top of that, it's like, Jesus Christ, like there's still COVID going on. So no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine with it not having been as bad, but you know, it was there, but that's a prophetic dream. That's the prophetic process. You know, whenever you are receiving or given that information. Um, and someone had asked me, you know, what, what, what is your prediction for the storm or what do you think is going to happen? And I said, honestly, I don't know. I'm kind of useless when it comes to these kinds of situations, just because, and rule of thumb, for those of you who are interested in developing, if you try to read yourself or close family members or friends by default, your accuracy rate is going to not be very good. You might, you might, um, score here and there. Um, but the ability to tune into close family members and friends in your own future is going to be sick. The accuracy rate is going to be significantly low just because when you don't have, when you don't have the ability to be objective and you are wanting to see certain things for certain people, or you would like to see people achieve or experience certain things in their lives. And even yourself by default, that's a bias and that bias is pretty much like throwing ink in water. It just, it, Causes a lot of confusion, and it can mess with your ability and your and your your ability. Yeah, with well, your ability, your ability to sense details, specific details, um, because you have to be objective to be able to see things clearly. And if you care about the person you're tuning into, you're, it's not going to be easy to see what may happen because if they're going to get hurt or something's going to happen, um, you may not want to see that. And so that by default, the bias is going to affect you. So when the the lady, she was on, uh, on the Instagram and now she was asking me, you know, any, any, um, predictions about the storm, I was like, uh, no, I'm, I'm pretty useless in these kinds of situations just because I care too much about my family and about the situation in Houston. And this, the idea of so many people being hurt and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So all of that is a bias that interferes with my ability. Um, I am like I said, I'm not saying that you can't cause I've definitely been, been able to sense things for my own family, um, before, but the ability to do it consistency consistently and accurately on a regular basis is going to be not there so you just kind of it's part of the part of the job (laughs) it's part of the part of the psychic thing so well you guys stay safe um and hopefully there's no additional issues in the next couple of days and until next time